Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 316 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is going to be our deep dive episode and it's going to be the second in a series of two, um, unless we have further updates later on down the road. But this, this should pretty much wrap up a grid tracker for, for at least the foreseeable future. And of course, we'll outline other ways that you can get involved with or get more information about grid tracker as we go on with the show. And we'll introduce the author of said application here in a minute, as we did on the last deep dive. But first, we'll mention the hosts of this, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And Bill, NE4RD, is away from his keyboard right now because he's out studying to be in another play. I guess he's doing Sherlock Holmes or something. Well, it's kind of an assignment type thing. Well, it's not an assignment for us, but it's an assignment, I guess. But he said if he could get away from whatever he's doing, that he would pop in if he could. And otherwise, we will just try and get along without him. And I know how actually easy that will be, but that's fine. Um, You know, we don't have to worry about Bill. He's okay. He'll survive. (laughs) Uh, And if nothing else, he'll be here for the next show. Or maybe he won't, actually. He said the next few Mondays we're going to be kind of tied up. But whatever the case, we will, we will. Get along. Although I will say that uh, as of next Monday, next Monday is the 16th, we will record episodes number 317 and 318 of the show. We will have our uh, short topic episode, and then we will have a year-end roundup, recap, roundtable, hedonism-filled, whatever you want to call it. It'll be the weekender but we'll call it like the year ender, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, then we won't be recording again until after the new year. So right. we'll take a little bit of a holiday break and let everybody else not have to worry about new releases of Linux in the ham shack for at least a couple of weeks. I think three actually January 6th. Yeah. So, so next week will be the last recording of the year. So it will be a round table style. So if you have the ability to join mumble, uh, we'd love to have you and talk with you and all that. So keep your calendars clear if that's something you want to do. And uh, we'll have a good time to wrap up 2019 before we get into 2020, a brand new decade. But that being said, let's come back to the now and reintroduce the author of Grid Tracker, the application of the moment. This is Stephen Tag Loomis, N0TTL. Uh, good evening again to you, Stephen. It's it's been so long since we talked to you. Uh, good evening. Thank you for having me back. Well, you told us that we needed an entire episode to talk about the callable roster, so we're going to take most of an episode to talk about the callable roster and grid tracker. 
but we're going to talk about some other things as well. So for anybody who hasn't heard episode number 313, you probably want to go back and listen to that first, uh, because there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to need to know before you get to what we talk about now. Uh, but the first thing we should probably talk about is things you have added to the application since we left off in the last episode. So what's new? What's new in the actual released version? And then we'll separate that from what's coming in the next one. Well, what's new since our conversation of kind of a couple of issues came up uh, that we were talking about um, and I addressed those. Uh, we've got uh, clog, uh, cloud log logging. Um, we have uh, some TKO cell fixes for the Macintosh. Um, I can go through them. I can go backwards from the, what, what came in first to where we are today. Uh, sure. Just uh, give us an update on uh, everything that sort of changed between the last time. And I'll say, um, Peter, it's all because of me that Grid Tracker supports cloud lock. Although I, I really think you should kind of go a different route with that because uh, you and I have talked a little bit about the whole idea of logging and you wanted to dismiss the idea of logging at the very beginning, or you were told that was a bad idea, you were opening a can of worms, which obviously you have. And I really think you should just, you know, confine logging to an API and let everyone else make it, make Grid Tracker work with their logging applications so you don't have to deal with it. Um, I wish that were the were that easy, that <laughs> simple. Uh, yeah, a lot of the developers I've talked to, they have their way they want it done. They have their published APIs for sending to them. They won't come pull. So I don't know. It just seems like we could be fighting back and forth on who who wants to do it. So I think I'm in the position where if if uh, somebody wants a log uh, a logger supported, I'm going to have to write it. Well, it is your application, and honestly, you could just say, no, I'm going to publish an API, and if you want your logger to work with it, you, I mean, I don't know. How, how I guess it's, uh, do you think you're going to lose people if you if you make them do, you know, if you have to access an API? I can't imagine it's that big a deal. I know your integration of CloudLog didn't take more than an hour or two of, uh, you know, actual coding work plus a little bit of, uh you know, beating on things, but, um, I've done enough of them now. It's fairly simple to add the next one. As long as there's a public API available, I was asked recently to support, um, I, for, I forgot the name of it, but it was, a uh, some logger that hasn't been touched in like 15 years. And there's, it's a paid for program. They're still selling it, but it doesn't have an API for in, input, uh, or for a QSO. So I don't know. We'll see <laughs> if, if they're available, I'll support it. Well, and, and what's your limit uh, when you get to 50, 60, 100 different logging applications, or are you just going to support them all? <laughs> I think I'll, I'll support them as they come in, um, if, if, they, if they work um, well. As an example, that is EQSL. Uh, not really happy with their interface. I did support it at one time, um, and then I was going to support pulling down uh, QSLs from EQSL, and it just... The interface is messy. Don't really, don't really like it. I'll probably revisit it at some point. All right. Well, nobody cares about EQSL anyway. Um, <laughs> actually, lots of people care about EQSL, but it is even their even their web interface is horrible. Uh, right. Everybody right. should just use Logbook of the World and not worry about it. Or QRZ, either one. Or QRZ, right? Except QRZ is a pay platform and nuts to that. Um, so anyway, let's go back. And talk about updated application uh, features. 
So uh, I think what we discussed, uh, we were up to a version 11.24 that um, no, came out November 23rd. So November 28th, I came out with uh, a couple of new features. Uh, Hotkey B toggles an all-grid overlay on the screen. Um, so if you're on the map, you press the B key, um, you will see all of the grids. And, at the, and as you zoom in or out, um, the details of those grids will become more apparent. So if you zoomed way out, uh, the major grid, like B, like uh, let's say we're talking like a Delta Mike uh, grid, or uh, the major grid, and then Delta Mike 7-9, as you, as you zoom further in, more and more details about the grid will show up on the screen. You, if you zoom full out, it will just show you the grids and then go away. So this was uh, requested by some, after we uh, did this show, um, a couple of satellite users contacted me who do nothing but uh, QS or, you know, contacts via satellite, and they need the grid information so they can publish a screenshot to their other satellite users to know which grids they need. So I guess they go out there mobile and set up on an empty grid and so they can get their contacts. So I have a question for you, um, since we're talking about the grid overlay. Um... And I would recommend that you not be zoomed too far out when you enable that because <laughs> it's uh, looks a little chaotic. <laughs> if you uh, keep, keep zooming out, those numbers will disappear. So I reduce it. Okay. Yes, I do see that it, you get less and less information the further out you get. Um, as far as like the unified layer, when you're showing like awards and grids at the same time, um, I noticed that your ability to like mouse over the grid information or the the spotter information or anything sort of gets superseded by the award layer. Is there any way you could like do it the other way around so that that information is always visible, even if the award layer is visible? Yes, I can do that. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I I assume there's a reason you did it the other way. Maybe it was easier. Uh, well, I didn't, uh, the merging of the award overlays with the grids is a relatively new feature. And so I just picked the wrong top. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, maybe that's one of those things where you could make it either, or you can set like one option to have one over the other or the other way around. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> See, this is why he hates me. Remember we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we were talking about new features. So other than the grid overlay, what's, what's next? So, uh, the grid, when you're sharing your online status, you have the option then to view online grid tracker users as well as, uh, do messaging with other grid tracker users. Um, with, when you turn the, the uh, share online status button on, you get a empty flag. If you click it, it'll turn to a GT flag and will show you on the map all of grid tracker users. Yes. That I really like seeing, being able to see the grid tracker users that are on the current band and mode. Um, that is like my favorite thing right now. <laughs> it's actually allowed me to confirm two worked all states contacts in the last couple of hours. <laughs> so that's really handy. Excellent. And then there's a third state, which is if you press it again, it will show you all the, your, uh, contacts on your current band. So it can get a little messy when you have all the grid, uh, all the flags up for all grid tracker users. So you can kind of scale it down to only see people who are currently on the same band as you. Yep. Great feature. Glad you added that one. (laughs) And then, uh, I I forgot your, your partner's name, the Cheryl, your other partner. (laughs) Oh, Bill. 
<laughs> Bill had made a request that at the other version, when you masked over a flag, there was a fly-in on the upper right of the screen with the the grid tracker user's information, and he requested that the the mouse over actually had it the same as grids, so it was right next to the mouse pointer, and so that's been updated for, um, based on his input. Yep, and that works flawlessly. I have I have seen that myself. Um, so a nice, excellent update. And I do see that be, because each, I'm going back to my previous thing about the, the unified look, um, with the two different layers on top of each other, um, both actually have useful information, but it might be useful, like I said, to be able to toggle which way you're seeing it, uh, depending on what you're interested in. Um, right. I'll have to come up with a toggle, especially if you've worked a lot of grids over an entire, um, state then you won't ever be able to mouse over the state itself. Right. No, I, right. I, and I understand. So that might be nice to be able to switch back and forth. Now, I understand that if you turn one layer on and the other one completely off, then you'll see the information you need. Um, it may, may, may be making things overcomplicated to uh, to have both and, and the ability to see both. But for me personally, I'd rather see the grid information than the state information. Um, and I'm sure that varies from person to person. <laughs> right as is tradition so okay any new features other than that so yeah so um and then now on mouse over grids um previously uh, when you mouse over a grid of a worked or confirmed grid there was a column called qso and uh with a check mark and it was always there and i was always checked <laughs> it was redundant so i removed it so now there's only one column it's qsl and for a, a worked column it'll be un you know for each entry it'll be unchecked and if it's a worked column it'll be checked so just reducing uh clutter in the mouse over okay now let me let me like work through a little thing about that i'm i'm looking at i'm looking at my map right now i have some I have lots of grids that are showing up as either worked or worked but unconfirmed, and they're in different colors, right? So a worked, wow. a worked in a QSL is in one color, and a worked in an unconfirmed is in a different color. So do you even need the QSL column at all? Oh, no, no, no. no. So QSL is confirmed. That's what we mean. So a QSO is a yellow box or triangle, and a confirmed a QSL is a red box. But yes. Because, but, uh, uh, go but because a QSL, a red box, can have more than one entry in it, you may have unconfirmed contacts in there. Aha! See? There is a reason. <laughs> and I'm glad you thought further through it than I did. So um, that makes perfect sense. So there's been an update as well. Um, I had been using the F5 mem map memory uh, to store um, when you exit Grid Tracker and then restart, it was saving the map position in the F5 memory. Um, I undid that. I put it in its own memory. So now F5 through F10 are your map. Well, maybe it's F9. Um, let me check my, my list here. Yeah, so F5 through F10 are map memories. Um, and F5 is no longer shared with the um, application storage when it exits. Right. So you want to go over map locations that are stored in F5 through 10 a little bit? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we went through this uh, previously. Uh, I think you were out of the room um, at the time. But if you have a, let's say, uh, zoom in, as an example, zoom in on Hawaii and press Shift F5. And you'll hear a little noise. And that means it saved the memory to F5. Now zoom somewhere else on the map and then press F5. And it'll take you right back to that view. All right. 
Yes, it sure will. <laughs> so it does that for F5 through F10. So you can have your favorite zoom in. Like I have got zoomed in on Japan is F6 for me. Um, Australia is F7 and so on. So that way I can jump to my active or what I, you know, my favorite spots that I want to look at. All right. That's fantastic. I believe I did not hear that last time. As you said, I think I must've been out doing something, but uh, now I'm glad I know that because I do have two or three locations that I really like to be able to zoom to. Does it store the zoom level as well? It does. Okay. Excellent. So that's handy. Uh, so, what else? Uh, so that was the 1128 release. The December 4th release um, had a new, uh, new worked feature, which is WPX, which is for worked prefixes. So if you open your stats page, if you have your stats button, which is the one next to the, the gears, um, there's a new tab called WPX. And these are your worked prefixes and confirmed prefixes. That is up to and including for a, from a call sign that you've worked. Um, so as an, uh, KE0UL, as an example, the prefix would be KE0. Um, and so we take, I keep all of those, I, I basically treat them just like grids or, uh, uh, DXCCs and uh, create a worked list and a confirmed list. Um, for the WPX award at ARRL, you need 400 mixed mode and then 300 in individual uh, uh, phone, digital, and CW for that award. All right, fantastic. I just checked so, that myself while we were looking at it. <laughs> so we'll get to it, but they've also added that to as a workable column in the call roster, the callable roster. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tease that all the way until we get to it. That's gonna be the last thing. <laughs> okay. So uh, we add a cloud log logging support, um, which is a little tricky. If you if you know how to set it up, kudos to you. Um, I could not, so I had to use your service to get it working. Uh, <laughs> and so that's that's available and working. I load defaults. Uh, how is that when you went to in, uh, install it for the first time? I gave a base path localhost slash. Oh, uh, the index.php slash API slash QSO. And then it's up to the user to they enter their details, the credentials for their specific uh, website. Right. Where, and where, go ahead. But I mean, by, by default, uh, CloudLog has a default API key when you install it. So you should be able to use that one. Of course, you can create multiple API keys, although uh, I haven't as yet found a reason to have more than one. Um, well, actually, that's not true because I gave you one. <laughs> I created you one so that you could actually log to my cloud log instance. Um, but yes, the default to cut and paste the, the API key and the default URL is fine. Usually all you'll have to change is the host and perhaps the port if you're running on a port that's non-standard. Um, but if your cloud log instance and your grid tracker instance are on the same machine, uh, you should only have to uh, add the API key and it should work right out of the box. And then of course you'll have to click the enable box, which I didn't do the first time around. And, uh, so it's it, broken. It's broken. <laughs> no, it worked. It just, uh, I was an idiot. Uh, so just make sure that if you want to use cloud log or any of the other logging interfaces that are available in grid tracker, that once you set up the proper URLs and credentials, you actually enable them. That's, that's a really uh, important feature. <laughs> So you had another issue on your Mac, I heard uh, earlier. Uh, we had uh, grid tracker searches for the TQSL binary. 
and we could not find it on your Mac because the default path, I did not, I was searching in the wrong spot for it. So that's been updated. So it can live in one of four space uh, places, the applications trusted QSL folder or in the applications folder itself, and then at your user level. So I searched all four places for it. And if it's not there, then you don't get to QSL. <laughs> right. You, you removed it as a open here try and find your binary too it's going to check in these four places and if it's not there too bad so sad uh, uh, yes now, now i will say that came about because i actually installed it i'm loath to say incorrectly but i guess i will say incorrectly because it comes in its own folder which i decided to bypass <laughs> and that's why you had to look in more places than you thought you needed to so right. it's probably because i did something stupid Right. So we give hands an option, they will do it. Um, that's that's what I found. <laughs> if you give them a choice, then they'll pick one, and it won't be consistent throughout. Right. Yep, we've been exploring all of the inconsistencies of life for the last several hours up and in, up into the show. Uh, but anyway, uh, CloudLog is now supported. The binary location for Grid Tracker on a Mac is now supported properly, along with the other things we talked about. So what else is uh, in the currently released version? So uh, in messaging, when you're messaging somebody or um, they're messaging you, um, there was a, an issue that I noticed, which was I was having conversations with people. Um, one person would message me. I would have a conversation. And then another person would message me. And I would forget the call of the person I was talking to. And now, if you've had a conversation with anybody during the lifetime of Grid Tracker, they will now filter to the top of the messaging list roster on the right um, with a little uh, message bubble that shows you that you've had messages with them. So you can easily find your old conversations. And I'm taking full credit for the fact that your conversations are shown with an alert icon and a message bubble. So, so that's, that was added and I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Feel free to ignore anything I say. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I was just, um, <laughs> No, it's totally fair. <laughs> I'm taking credit where it's not due. So, uh, and then finally, we fixed in this in this release, we fixed uh, an issue with WSJTX reporting to uh, during its QSL log event um, the TX power value um, as a string, and it allows you when you log when you have the QSO event when you when you're done, you send your 73s. The WSJTX fires up the little dialogue. You can enter power as any string you want, um, which is incorrect. It's only a number, and this is what blew up CloudLog. So I have to parse it for the number and then send that on to CloudLog. Um, and in, in doing this fix, I fixed the actual value from being sent up to uh, LOTW, QRZ, etc., as being a string when it should be a number. Now, this was technically a problem with WSJTX, right? Because it should not be a free-form string. It should be a, a double or an integer or something along those lines. Right, that's correct. And so I'm, I'm fixing their issue until they fix it later. So, Right, and that's basically due to the ADIF standard, right? Because TX log power or TX power should be a number, I mean. Right, right. According to the spec. Um, now, most loggers, they shouldn't care. They should sh probably, if you're doing a logger, um, treat everything as a string and not try to hard set these numbers until you get up to the final to target like LOTW or QRZ. Um, but, you know, if you want to be a, st a stickler about it, then, yeah, we, we want to change it to a number. All right. It, it might be useful down the line and 
as far as statistics are concerned, if you're actually keeping track of the number of contacts that you make and the power you use, some people probably keep track of that and some people don't, but it might be an interesting sort of uh, bar graph or pie chart to see how much power you're using to make certain contacts. I don't know. Maybe it will. Ooh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> okay. Totally taking right. credit for that one, too. Yeah. Well, I've been building this uh, a new thing, the, the new stats or scorecard uh, page. And, uh, yeah, that's another stat I can start collecting. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So any other features that we have in t- uh, up in 1205, which is the current release version? Uh, 1205, we added um, a generate messages button in the lookup tab. So if you look up a call sign, um, either if you've met, if you look up a call sign in the call roster or manually enter a call sign and you decide you want to just try to call them, um, instead of having to copy their call sign and grid square over into WSJTX, you press the generate messages button and it will pre-populate WSJTX for you so that you can begin transmitting. That's interesting because I put that down in my notes to talk about because I found that today. I found that useful today, and I did not realize that was a new feature. Yeah, but just came out. Um, and, yeah, so there is another option that I may be adding to uh, lookups. Um, that is, if you go to lookups now, um, there are sometimes when you're having a QSO with somebody, um, like uh, they have a compound call sign where they didn't broadcast their grid, but here you would do a lookup of them. In the grid result, if you click on the grid, I will copy that to your clipboard so that you can paste it into the DX grid of WSJTX. Okay, does that reference the thing I told you about earlier with uh, A, A10I? Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay. Does I mean is there, is that reliable? Because yeah, they were they were on as A10I stroke nine with no grid. So how what's what's ensuring that grid is accurate other than what I did, which was to ask them what their grid was? Uh, nothing. It's based on what their profile has for their grid. So yeah, you run the risk of it being an incorrect grid. Okay, fair enough. Uh, any other features? Let me bring up back my history. Oh, and I, I don't know if you knew this. If you go into settings, and then there's a changes tab where this is all nicely listed for you. I did. I did know about the changes tab. That actually does have a change log or a reference to the change log in your application. Shows you all these new things. And if you're actually on Tag's Discord, he publishes the change log in the Discord. So <laughs> you can uh, follow <laughs> updates as they happen. <laughs> so in... Uh... Another call roster feature, uh, because of generate messages in the lookup tab, is now available in the call roster as a right-click item for a call sign. So if you are seeing somebody that you aren't, who are, is not calling CQ in the call roster, you can actually uh, generate messages getting ready for when they are calling CQ. Or if you just want to jump up on them um, right away, but off frequency or what have you. Oh, that's cool too. But you're jumping ahead to the call roster. Not yet. Right. Not yet. Okay. 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 I'll <laughs> save it. Um, <laughs> so because I released on December 4th, the WPX support, I missed PSK 24 hour. Uh, your, um, your herd history was not populating the WPX value. So that I had to add that quickly um, in the December 5th release. And I also noticed uh, a call sign that came in that had two zeros 
in it. And I was my, my call sign formatting, which is visual only. It doesn't adjust logs or anything, but visually in the program slashes all zeros. And I was only slashing the first zero. So now I slash all the zeros in the call sign, no matter where they are. Oh, okay. That's, that's great. I actually have seen, uh, it was like a S 500 something, something, uh, right. Right. I worked them and <laughs> it came out as one slash and then, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's one so, of those things you don't really think about till you actually see it. Right. Cause those, that type of call sign doesn't really show up a lot. Right. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. So, any other features? So, now we're current. Now we are current. I'm working on a whole bunch of new stuff that will be coming out in uh, a week or so, but uh, we can get to that later or not at all. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the stats, which I know you've been working on a, a lot, um, but we'll save that to the very end because that's not something you can do right now, but we'll at least talk about what you've got coming up as far as that goes. And we got one other thing to talk about before we get to the Call of War roster, uh, which is sort of the focus of tonight's program, and that is the PSK reporter spots. So let's just talk about PSK and its integration with Grid Tracker just in, in its entirety. Okay, so there's two sides to PSK Reporter, that, well, three. The first one is the band activity uh, that is at the top of the menu that we talked about. There is the PSK 24-hour button. If you press that, um, it, let's say you have Grid Tracker has been shut down for hours, but WSJTX has been open, and you report uh, spots to PSK per Reporter in WSJTX, uh, the button will pull down the last 24 hours of all stations you've heard, and they will show up as blue squares. And then the PSK spots button is all stations that have heard you broadcast up to the last 24 hours. And I prevent, present them as spots and optionally you can have a path drawn between your QTH and the, or your QRZ, QTH, yeah, QTH and those uh, locations. And if you mouse over a spot, it'll tell you when they heard you, at what level, um, and who they are. And it it will draw the path from you to them for each individual spot. But what was the hotkey for turning on the the path uh, overlay? Uh, the heat? Uh, oh, oh, uh, F. Okay. Yes. F is in Frank. Well, toggle paths. Right, and H turns on the heat map. Right. Right. Excellent. And fuchsia, wonderful color. Uh, for 80 meters, yes. Um, <laughs> but if you, yeah, uh, I, I follow the PSK, uh, because I like PSK Reporter for what they are and what they do, and they have a color scheme, I adopted their color scheme for their, all the bands. All right, very good. So that's, that is good for reporting that. And the thing is, there was something I just wanted to talk about, and I've completely forgotten what it was, and it was kind of important, too. Uh, hopefully it will come back to me. But while I'm trying to remember what I was trying to think of, oh, 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 I remember what it was. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, when you're looking at the grid tracker option, which is the little, uh, flag button. Yeah. Um, you can see either no grid tracker users. You can see all grid tracker users currently, or you can see grid tracker users that are on your current band. Uh, those Correct. are the three options. Um, one thing that's nice about this and came in handy for me today, um, that I'd like to point out is that regardless of what option you're set on, if you're seeing grid tracker users, if you mouse over their flag, it will show you what frequency they're on, which is important. <laughs> um, because if you're saying, if you're trying to get in touch with someone to say, Hey, could you like make a contact with me? Cause I need your state or DXCC entity or whatever. And they're on a different frequency operating FT8 somewhere else. 
uh, it might be useful to either to go where they are or to let them know that you're in some other place. Right. Their base frequency plus offset, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought of everything. <laughs> you did. You did. So that's excellent. All right. So we've gone through all the new features all the way up to 1205. There will be more features that are coming out in the next release, and we're going to talk about that mostly statistics-based and probably some other things. But now we're at it. We're at the crux. The top middle button on your grid tracker is a little exclamation point um, with, uh, I guess those would be like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you what you think that icon is. you want to explain what you think that icon is? Um, well, uh uh, Henry into VFL came up with it, so I, I we would have to ask him. I see it as two arrows pointing a traffic going left and right, and uh, and excitement. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is all of that because it is probably the core feature of Grid Tracker, as as amazing and wonderful and all of the things that we've talked about that it does so far. Um, we're we're finally now to it. We're at the callable roster, so. The top middle button, you press it, it comes up, you have a new window, and it does everything you would ever need. So let's talk about it. All right. So it, uh, let's make sure you're in the, uh, the. if somebody has never opened it before, the first time they open it, the reference is going to be current band and mode, call signs new, hunting grid, and new and unconfirmed, or new plus unconfirmed, with the exceptions set to CQ only. That's the default. And so uh, let's talk. So right now, what this mode is, we're so when we're hunting, um, I guess you should we start from the top and work down like we did before? Yeah, we probably should just I mean, there this thing does so much. I understand now why you wanted all this time to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, yeah, talk about it in its default state, what you're seeing, and then talk about how to drill down into the information to get what you need. So. Okay, so in its default mode, that's current band and mode, uh, new, call signs new, hunting grid, new and unconfirmed. Um, as new traffic comes in from WSJTX, it will appear here. Um, and the call signs, uh, uh, you know, the call signs that you could reach, the, the grid they're located and what they're calling. In this case, they should always say, uh, they should say CQ. Sorry, um, I, my brain went out there as and <laughs> as he came in and out. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so this these are all stations that you can work that you have not worked or confirmed um, in uh, Grid Tracker. Um, but that's why they're in this list. And every fifteen seconds, a new decode round will uh, will happen from WSGTX, and the list will update. So each column, we have call signs, grids, uh, calling, DXCC, the, the DXCC's flag, an optional U.S. state column, their distance, their azimuth from you, the last signal strength, their DT, uh, the delta time, um, which is really interesting to know if you've got somebody who has, hasn't updated their clock, um, uh, the offset frequency to the, your working band. So, and this is in relation to your baseband. So if you're at 3.573 megahertz and their frequency is 727, they are 3573727. Um, and then the age, how old this uh, decode appeared in uh, the call roster. Okay, I know there's a ton of information there. It's a lot easier if you see it. This is one of those visual things. Um, right. If you can fire up uh, WSJTX right now and get traffic going, and uh, with uh, this will make a lot more sense. Yep, absolutely. Um, so 
so let's talk about it. well i'll just i'll just say it the the idea of the callable roster what this thing is designed for is for you to pick out the information that you're interested in um it can if left in a, a state where it's wide open any band any mode any call you know all states all modes whatever it will show you everything that wsjtx is decoding which is probably not what you want this is this is the opposite of that this is to narrow down all of the information that wsjtx is sending you to just what you want to see so i guess what you need to go through is the ways in which you can narrow down the information to what you want to see right so we'll start with the top, which is our reference. And what we're saying here, and we, and for lack of a better word, trust me, I tried to, I've asked and no one can think of one. So we are stuck with the word reference. The reference is what of your uh, log files, your worked and confirmed logs, are we referring to for this, for the callable roster to work against? Are we working against the current band and mode as reported by WSGTX, the current bound any mode, our current band, as reported by WSGTX, or and any mode. So that could be FT4, FT8, phone, digital, SSB, you name it. Current band, any digital mode. Current mode, any band. And then uh, we have any band, any mode. So if you um, want to work nude grids across your entire log file against any band and mode, then you would select any band, any mode, or any digital mode. Um, these are the options. So that's just what you're referencing against your log file too. All right. I'm, I'm okay with that because I sort of understand this and I've worked with it a while. If, if someone who's listening to this um, has a question about what we're talking about, please ask it <laughs> because Tag and I are going to be addressing the things that he's talking about as if we understand what we're talking about. <laughs> and someone who doesn't understand them may have a question about it. But until then, we're just going to operate on the fact that you sort of understand what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that you have you have worked stations. So if you have no workstations or if you've loaded no logs, then this isn't really, it's going to show you everything. It's not going to filter for you because it's it, it can't filter because it has no reference. So you must have, this needs a log to reference. So that being said, we did talk about this in the last episode. If you have logs already, for example, if you store your logs in QRZ or Logbook of the World, or club log or hrd log or any number of other loggers you can download your log into grid tracker and if you have previous logs that should probably be one of the first things you do that way grid tracker will have proper database of information to reference against so that you get the information you're looking for exactly all right so i'll let you go and talk about refining your searches in the callable roster Okay, so we'll, um, the next op option is call signs, and we have three options here. We have new call signs, new and unconfirmed call signs, and all traffic. I'll get to all traffic in a moment. Um, new and unconfirmed is all call signs that you have yet to confirm. So let's say um, you've ha you were having a marginal night, and they haven't confirmed an old contact that's been sitting around for a while on, like I've got a guy on 17 meters that I have confirmed on 80, 40, and 20. He's yet to do it on 17 meters. So I'm probably going to have to call him again on 17 meters. Um, so that's one way to know whether or not you've worked a call or not. Um, or have, you know, uh, calls that you've worked reappear in your list is to specify call signs new plus unconfirmed. 
So then the next option is hunting, where you can hunt for particular things. Um, and this is one one hunt value. That is, I want to hunt new grids. I want to hunt new uh, countries or DXCCs, new CQ zones, ITU zones, uh, US states using WAS, uh, worked all states. Hunt one particular state. If you're hunting Rhode Island, you can select it here or hunting uh, particular prefixes, new prefixes. And that's where you would select it here. Um, and then you would specify you want new or new and unconfirmed. So I have um, hunting grids, new and unconfirmed, and I will continue to work a grid from new call signs until somebody finally confirms it, and then it will roll off my list. All right. I'm just going to let you roll until we get to some place where we think we need to stop. <laughs> okay. So with that, so let's, we're still, let's say we're still on current banded mode, new call signs, uh, hunting grids, new and unconfirmed with the ex exceptions of CQ only. So obviously if we uncheck CQ only, any station talking to anybody who is not calling CQ will appear. And if they're calling CQ, that line that they're, what they're calling, the word CQ, will be inverted. Um, so that's a really easy way so you can pick them out. This allows you to watch any new grid traffic that's going on with of stations who are talking to other stations that you may not be aware of. So you can get a, uh, an idea of, should I, w maybe I'll wait for them to go call CQ. Or if this station is only replying to CQs and isn't calling CQ themselves, you can directly call them yourself by right clicking on their call sign and click gen messages. And that will populate in WSVTX the messages so that you can uh, start a QSO with them. All right. Let me, before you go further, um, sure. there's um, a couple of things you could probably address real quick, which is the, when you right click on the call sign, I know we didn't talk about this before. There's ignores and, uh, or set ignore and edit ignores. So, so why would you use something like that? Um, well, I'll bring one call sign to mind and that would be a C-O-8-L-Y. Does that sound familiar? Uh, a little bit, yes. <laughs> okay, so see, um, I have uh, have him on my per permanent ignore for a call sign um, because I'm just tired of hearing him. Um, he never con confirms, so why bother? So he's on my on my naughty list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and that so that's exactly why that's there. If you see a bot, somebody just running CQ all night and not responding, or or just just churning after churn of call after call after call, this gets rid of the clutter. All right, fantastic, easy enough. And uh, with that, um, because I've actually never confirm confirmed Cuba either, if you right click the DXCC column over a particular uh, a call signs uh, DXCC, you can choose to ignore the entire DXCC. And mm -hmm. th this was at the request of some people in Australia always receiving uh, traffic from one particular DXCC they didn't want to see anymore. That Fair sounds enough. rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, Bill's here. Yeah, sorry. Hi, Bill. <laughs> All right. Just to surprise everybody. Yeah, woo, Bill's here. <laughs> uh, ooh. Oh, <laughs> so, so let's discuss what the call roster actually does. So before we get into further exceptions. Sure. So if you right-click a call sign, you can look up a call sign. Obviously, you can generate the messages, um, ignore the call, or edit your ignores. But if you left-click a call sign calling CQ, if you click it, um, and the decode just appeared in the call roster, uh, WSJTX will start transmitting. You will start a QSO with them. Um, almost. <laughs> almost? Only if 
you are directly connected to that machine via IP address or using um, the multicast. If you are forwarding messages to a secondary machine, it cannot enable TX. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll fix that. (laughs) Well, fair enough. I just wanted to make that clear. That does not work now because that's a situation that I'm in. I have two machines. Uh, one is directly receiving information from grid tra- or from WSJTX, and then that instance of grid tracker is forwarding that information to another machine, and that secondary machine cannot enable TX, at least not now. At least not now. Future release, I'll work on sending messages back from it. Fair enough, because, I mean, it wouldn't be that difficult, right? Because you could have the forwarding machine give you these the original, the WSJTX instance's IP address, and it could directly reference that, right? Because it's just EDP packets back and forth. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know where it came from. I know I sent it to you. I can send it back to who, who the caller was. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, one of those things. Until people start requesting it, I don't know to add it. So. <laughs> Well, I don't know that it's really necessary for me. It's not like I'm going to be using two machines at the same time to, to do this stuff. But, um, yeah, there you go. So uh, further information on refining your searches. Right. So um, also in the in the call list, um, the call signs are clickable. If you left click them, your map will center on that grid um, if they have a grid populated. So um, there are exceptions that you can apply to your list. Let's say you're starting out new and only have 50 confirmed or 50 worked contacts on the FT8, which is great. Welcome to the club um, and our hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you have all this data, but you know, you've got a rig that is only able to uh, transmit um, uh, offsets 500 to 2500 from your base frequency. This allows you to set your min and max frequency um, that of callers um, showing from the call roster that are being decoded from stations that you really want to work. Um, my dad has an older radio is not running in split mode um, and or running fake it mode. Um, so he's limited on the bandwidth of his radio um, response to the lower frequencies and the higher frequencies. All right. And there's also the min, min DB, which you're, I'm sure you're about to touch on, but I've actually used that because I've noticed that at least in my case, if I see, if I get a call from something more or less under minus 20, the chances of my being able to respond to that CQ is pretty minimal. So I usually set the min DB to about minus 20. Um, and then right. I don't have to worry about those sort of fringe, those seriously fringe contacts. <laughs> right. I keep mine at negative 24. So, um, I'm with you. <laughs> Another option is the max DT. Um, and that's the delta time. Um, and this is when this value is off means the user on the other end or you, uh, your clock or their clock is way off. Um, and so that's going to affect your decoding and, and them decoding you. Um, so if the DT is too high, uh, 0.9 or above, chances of you completing a QSO or having to retransmit over and over again to get a complete QSO are pretty high. All right. Very good. Um, I, I hadn't even explored the Delta times. Uh, for the most part, the, the QSOs that I've been, uh, initiated or been a part of haven't really uh, been affected by Delta time. Uh, but I'm definitely going to look at that from now on. Yeah, it's it's handy. There's some uh, like uh, I've had some ocean. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, islands out in the middle of nowhere where they must have limited internet access, and their DT is like three or two point nine. <laughs> 
So, and it really affects uh, having a, a QS, a com- completing a QSO with them. Right. You just the decode is not going to be proper because the clock is so far off. Yeah. Right. Right. So, other exceptions are not my DXCC. So, um, let's say you you are inundated with calls from the United States, and you just want to listen to traffic who's not in the United States. Uh, you click not my DXCC. Only uh, stations outside of your country uh, will appear. Um, conversely, only my DXCC only shows you stations within your your country um and then uh there's no roundup and only roundup so if you were tuned in this weekend to ft4 you may have noticed uh that there they had the the you know the the roundup where everybody was calling cqru or cqftru this allows you to either join in the fray by saying only roundup or ignore it all by saying no roundup all right so those are the exceptions. So that's pretty much that's pretty much it in a nutshell when you're hunting one specific item. So if you're hunting grid, the big thing is if you change your call sign from new to all traffic, a new field will open or new uh, window, uh, a, a dialog will appear between exceptions is uh, the wanted list. And these allow you to select multiple ones. So you can hunt for new call signs, new grids, and new U.S. states. And if you check mark each of those, then as each new item appears, they will be inverted in the list. All right. Say that again, because I think I'm doing it and it's not showing me what I think you said you sh- I should say. <laughs> okay. So with reference current band and mode, call signs, all traffic, hunting, new and unconfirmed, and then je- check call sign, grid, and U.S. state. Call sign, grid, U.S. state. Gotcha. So <laughs> any new call signs will appear inverted in the left column. Any new grids that you haven't worked will appear inverted, and any states will be inverted. Yes, that is actually true. It helps if I click all of the right buttons. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. What, will, what will also appear, it will appear random, but it's, it happens when um, a, a station that we've heard is currently using Grid Tracker online at this very moment. A new column will appear between call signs and grid with a little message indicator. And if you click it, you'll, you can start a text conversation over the Internet with that user. Yep, I have done that. And also, you didn't mention this, um, but if you have worked a station... At some point, I'm not sure if it's all bands, modes, or whatever, but there it will be in strike through. Um, is that relevant right. to the current band and mode, or just at all? At all? Well, it it's, it depends on your reference. So if it's the current band and mode, if you've worked in this band and mode, then it will be uh, uh, have a strikeout. But if the grid is still new and you haven't confirmed that grid, so they'll that call sign will be struck out, but the grid will still be inverted. Okay. All right. Excellent. Um, now there's also um i'm sure we touched on this in the last episode but it's also it's relevant to me so i'm going to bring it up um if you're looking for a certain thing um you also have the audio alerts so if the so if you get a column that's highlighted in one of these things because you're looking for it you will also get if you have audio alerting turned on uh an audio alert indicating a new state for example um does that work across all of the different wanted options um, so that it, the call rosters alert, or call roster and your audio alerts are completely separate. Um, so you can operate audio alerts without the call roster. Um, and you can, you can specify what you're hunting there for what you want to have an audio alert on. If you're using the call roster, I recommend not using audio, audio alerts 
but going under settings to the call roster tab and enabling enabling audio alerts on new hits in the call roster. Okay, so I all right, I see that. Um, so alerting the the alerts tab that will alert you on certain conditions um, irrelevant to the call roster, and then. If you want alerting based on the call roster, that's under the call roster tab. You just enable that, and that will take care of all options. Right. You What will happen is um, an alert will fire anytime there are new events in this decode round. All right. Fantastic. I'm going to enable that right now. <laughs> and my my favorite audio clip is SNES-1.mp3. Okay. Explain. <laughs> Uh, you can try it out. It's uh, just an, a, a little audio blip that's easy on my ears. How do I how do I do that one thing? Uh, on under call ro- in the settings call roster in yes. the left hand select media file. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Select media file. I'm on a Mac here. Is this going? <laughs> no, you should be fine. So under WSJTX, I'm sorry, Grid Tracker settings uh-huh. call roster tab. Yep. Audio alerts on new hits. Enable it. And then the left, there should be a drop-down dialog that says text-to-speech or media file. Yep. yep. Okay. So media file, right? Right. And then file, S-N-E-S, I don't see it. Capital. Oh, there yes. it is. mp 3 right? Yep. Okay. So how do I play it? <laughs> uh, it will play now when there's a new hit in the call in roster. In the call roster. Okay. Let me get to the call roster. Let's see. Do I have new hits? All right. So let me see. I don't know if this will actually play through. Because I'm on my I'm on my uh, broadcasting machine here, but we'll see here when the next Keaton decode round comes through. Let's see if it. I think it did something, but we can't hear it. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, so the, yeah, so the alert will. Oh wait, be no, on. I have it disabled. Okay, hang, hang on. Let me let me enable. Okay, so next decode round, we should hear it if there's something new. So it'll can I in the call roster tab in settings, you can specify the max age. Uh, to hold on to items in the call roster. Um, mine is set at one minute. And I think by default, I have it a minute and a half, two minutes. So the, if they've been in the call roster, they won't alert. Um, if they fall out of the call roster and then come back in, they'll re-alert. Okay. And what setting was that since I was focused? Oh, I see. Two max age right there. Two minutes is what I have mine set on. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, I don't know it's going to... Uh... It's going to work. We're not, we're not going to hear that. <laughs> okay. But uh, let me go back to audio set to default. Oh, was that it? I don't know. By the way, thank yeah. you for letting me uh, uh, explain <laughs> Grid Tracker to all the listeners. Um, being without documentation and, and having to answer emails daily, almost hourly, on what did I do wrong? Um, this has been great <laughs> to be able to point everybody's like, Go go listen to the podcast, and then tonight after this one, I'll be like, go listen to this one too. <laughs> uh, I heard a ping. That's it. Okay, okay. Uh, it probably went out over the stream, but did not come back to you because the computer can't. The computer can't play to you because of uh, reasons. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> so, uh, but yes, we heard it. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the general. That's all traffic for call signs. Um, an, another option is to cl- right-click anywhere on Grid Tracker, I mean, on the call roster, and you'll be given uh, more controls uh, or more options, and one of them is to hide controls. And if you click that, the, all of the, the text at the top, uh, those dialogues will disappear, and it will just be your working roster. We just heard the ping again. You guys didn't, but there was a ping. <laughs> okay. 
You may want to turn it off now because yeah, I'm going to turn that off. So. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, so you can hide and show controls via that menu. Um, and then the next option is real time. Now, uh, by default, when uh, uh, the call roster will display each after each decode round is over, um, and then they will suddenly appear, and their age will be a low number, and they will they will be static. That that is, it'll say age one second or age zero seconds. But if you there's an option there called real time, and if you turn that on, the age will increase over time in real time. And then as WSGTX is going through its decode phase, as soon as it's done with the decode, it will appear here. It won't wait until the decode round is completely over. Ooh, that's interesting. I, I knew I knew from like operating WSJTX that some information about the decode is available before the round is over. I'm not sure how I knew that. It was just clear somehow. Maybe Grid Tracker was making it obvious. Um but I didn't realize that you could actually see that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and as yeah, what you see, you can see that on the map too. As decodes come in, um, and I know their grid, I will start drawing lines and strong drawing grids as soon as they happen. I don't wait until the end of the round. Nice. Ooh, I like real time. <laughs> uh, so, so spot. So the spot one's disabled by default. I turned it on. Now that has to do with PSK Reporter, I assume. Right. And so um, if you turn it on, it will then turn on a timer to check every uh, five minutes. It will query PSK Reporter for your spots. And if if a station that is, shows up in this list has heard you, the spot time will appear. Excellent. I'm just going to turn that on because that seems useful. And I know you and I had a conversation about the grid tracker uh, column, and you are going to add it and remove it as necessary, not leave it open and blank like the spot column is. Um, but I don't know. So, sometimes empty information is good information. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could add it back if you're so far, you're the only person that's mentioned it. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why I even noticed it, but I did notice it. Uh, I think what, I think the way my visual cortex works or something is if the number of columns in a list of columns changes, it's actually distracting to me. <laughs> so I would rather see a column with nothing in it than no column. I don't know. I mean, surely that's just me, but. <laughs> okay. Well, I could add it back. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't do anything ridiculous like that. <laughs> all right. So, so, and then finally, in the right-click menu, we have all of the, uh, the columns that you can turn on and off, starting with the flag, uh, state, distance, azimuth, dB, delta time, frequency, age, and spot. You can turn off. Hey, I noticed that GT is not one of those. No. <laughs> Shame, shameless self-promotion. <laughs> well, maybe it should be. That would fix my problem. Then I can just leave it on all the time. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, I'm making your life so hard. It's okay, though, I think. I hope it is. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. Um, I've, I've added a lot. Of, uh, talking with both of you um, has uh, shown me some more issues that I had to address right away. Um, gave me some new ideas for things I can add. And, you know, talking with you in your channel and, on, and in my channel on Discord um, has, has, has been really great because I'm learning a lot and I'm adding a lot. I learned where the proper shortcut is for the desktop for the Pi 4. <laughs> <laughs> I was using the other file and I was like, ah, it's not working. I'm getting some weird, goofy map thing. And he's like, are you using the Pi 4 version? I was like, well, there's not a Pi 4 version inside of this thing. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, maybe it's in the installer. Oh, yeah, it's there. <laughs> 
All right, so let me let me give a quick example that might sort of uh, give a use case for the callable roster that might guide someone to setting it up properly for for whatever they're trying to do. Uh, for example, like I've been working 80 meter FT8 worked all states. That's what I've been trying to do lately. So what I do is I put on I set the reference to current band and mode, which will set. WSJTX, well, not WSJTX, we'll set grid tracker to my current band in mode, which of course will be 80 meters FT8. Um, I'll set the call sign setting to new and unconfirmed because I want to see all the states that have call signs that I have neither seen nor have confirmed from. Then in the hunting, I will select US states worked all states and also then new and unconfirmed. And then all the callable roster will show me is any new and unconfirmed states that I have not seen on 80 meter FT8. And it, it, you know, takes all the information that WSJTX sends and only alerts me on anything that I'm actually interested in. And when I get there, if something pops up, I have an audio alert that says, you know, wanted state will come up. And then I look over and I click on the call sign and it will enable TX for that particular state, that particular call sign, and hopefully I'll be able to work it. So that's a specific instance of something, and you should be able to manipulate the callable roster in some way if you're like searching DXCC or WPX or worked all states or whatever. Uh, hopefully we've gotten to the point where we've described enough of these options where it should be easy to set for what you're actually looking for. And I will say, uh, personal experience in the two to three hours that I was using grid tracker in this way, uh, along with my logging to cloud log for my reference, my aggregate reference logs and to logbook of the world for, for confirming QSOs, which luckily a lot of the other stations that I've contacted have also been using. I've been able to log and confirm in three hours, 10 states on FT eight 80 meters using grid tracker. So yay. <laughs> so it actually does what it's supposed to do. <laughs> and uh, that's fantastic because trying to keep track of all that information and actually working that number of states for that purpose, like not using a tool like this would have been, you know, infinitely more difficult. It makes it hard. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And and you uh, remember, if you do hunt U.S. states, that you need to enable the U.S. call sign database in settings logging. Right. Um, I don't. No, I don't sorry. Know. Settings lookup. My bad. Right. Under the lookups tab, I don't know that there's any reason why you wouldn't enable and set the, for weekly download all of these things. I mean, it seems like it's most useful to have as much data as you possibly can inside of grid tracker so that it has as much information to reference against um, as well as enabling any logs you use and importing any ADIFs you have because the more data you feed to grid tracker the more useful it will be to you in uh, in getting information that's relevant for what stations you want to work yeah I, I agree uh, but there is one caveat well if you have um, a cellular data plan, uh, which a few of my users do. Um, they wanted this option to not download weekly so they can, um, if they went over their band plan, a uh, band usage, uh, not band, uh, their, their plan usage for the month, they could limit it. So if this just fires off, these, these databases aren't small. So to download them often, it can be expensive for some people. All right. 
fair enough. I mean, um, it, it's become apparent to me, and it should be to everybody who's listening to this, that all of the features and options you have put in here, or at least a great majority of them, have been suggested by users of the application and have uh, a specific and reasonable purpose. So uh, I don't think there's anything really extraneous in the application. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> and and thanks to, thanks to everybody who is, who's offered advice and opinions and, and bug reports. Yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be what it is without the input from everybody. All right. Excellent. So if there's nothing else that you need to talk about specifically about the call roster, we'll, we'll check in the discords to make sure that if people have questions, we'll address them. But while we're waiting for that, let's talk about statistics. Cause that's something you've really been hammering hard on. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, I was harder than I thought. I thought this was going to be knocked out in like an hour or so, but it turns out that it's, it's a lot harder to represent all of the, all of the information that you, that somebody would want to see. So what I've been working on is a new tab under the stats button, which is, I can't, I haven't decided on the tab name. It's either going to be score or stats, which is statistics from your logbook itself. Um, not, not dealing with WSGTX, not dealing with FT8, but everything. And so we provide, um, I'll be providing you with uh, all the call signs found and all your available logs. Um, let's say you've uh, uh, got a new vanity call like K5TUX and you've got old logs that reference your old call sign. I will show them both here in the new stats window. Uh, show you the first, the date of your first contact, the date of your last contact. Uh, there's a scorecard with uh, the most worked call sign, the most worked grid, most worked DXCC, it's, um, et cetera. The list goes on. Um, the longest uh, QSO, the distance-wise, and the shortest distance. Um, and then, uh, and so that's just for your scorecard. And then we have all the different award types. So we have, you have call signs, which is the WRFA award from QRZ, the grids, the GSA award, the DXWA award, the worked all zones, the ITU zones, WAC, worked all continents, WAS, USA-CA, worked all counties, WPX, worked prefixes, um, all of these award breakouts of by band, mode, and types, and uh, mode types, that being phone, mixed, digital, CW, or other. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to see that come out. Um, you, you said maybe in a week or so we'll see something along those lines. I know you wanted to make it as close to perfect as you can before you uh, actually push it out. Um, I'm trying uh, to get it out by Friday or probably Friday night. It will come out um, depending on other issues. There has been an issue with um, uh, somebody decided to connect uh, AC uh, N3FJP's contest logger uh, to grid tracker. And uh, as, instead of AC log, and it blew up, and so I'm fixing that. So that'll be part of the release. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that in my notes to see if you really wanted to to start slamming people, but <laughs> oh no, nothing to slam. But you know, if you've got uh, so this is for everybody. If you've got some random program that you, you think Grid Tracker is going to talk to, if I don't say I do, I don't. <laughs> 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 that that only seems reasonable to me. I don't know about everybody else, but <laughs> all right. So I'm I'm seeing that uh, Ryan in the chat room, a new call sign that I haven't seen before, has uh, lots of questions. Have you been uh, addressing his concerns, Bill? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> all right, excellent. So I know you came in about ninety percent of the way through this, but do you have any questions for Tag about the new stuff that we talked about and all the things you haven't actually heard up till now? <laughs> No, I, I listened to most of it on the ride home. 
because <laughs> I connected with my phone <laughs> before, I, right as I left. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I guess uh, the only thing I, I saw that popped up in my uh, in my feed that uh, we haven't talked about, which probably isn't on the table yet, was I saw some uh, rumblings over there on the the JT Eight Call group or JS Eight Call or whatever it's called. And uh, how they want integration with their uh, their application is uh, what what's going on with that? I hear they've contacted you uh, several times daily, uh, <laughs> hourly. Uh, everybody wants it. Um, so uh, Jordan, who's uh, he's the guy working on uh, JS8 call. Uh, we've had several emails, and I am he has all the information I need about the mess the information I need from his program. And so he's currently working on a new version that will provide those UDP messages to Grid Tracker so that I can provide a similar experience. Yeah, and I so, guess to kick catch everybody else up, basically they've uh, they've altered the UDP interface on JS8 call far enough away from WSJTX that it misses some information like uh, what band information, some stuff that JTX WSJTX is sending back across the UDP feed that uh, JS8 call is omitting, right? Right. They switched it from the QT5 message protocol to a JSON protocol. It's now bidirectional, um, which it, I don't understand that um, <laughs> as far as doing JSON or anyway. So, um, so yeah, and, and they did it on the same port as, as WSJTX. So if you're running both, then they would compete. And so now we have mixed messages coming over the same UDP, um, UDP port. So he's moved the port and we'll get new messages. So I have no problem supporting JSON. It's just, you know, the, the messages were there. They were working great in WSJTX. I don't know what, what made him make the, the decision to dump them to move to JSON. Yeah, yeah, maybe some random decision. <laughs> yeah. It probably was a random decision to use a standardized um, information uh, database technology, I guess. JSON is... Um, as I'm sure we all know, widely utilized across many platforms and applications. So they probably just wanted to standardize on a standard. <laughs> yeah, right. <but> it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, the, the JSON's great. The problem it became that if you wanted to know any of it, this information, you had to make a request. You have to go ask WS uh, ask GSA call for it. So, what is your poll rate? So, if did the frequency change? I have to ask every second. Did the frequency change? Did my grid change? I have to keep calling back. There's no real time status coming out of it. It's all polled. Well, that seems useless. I mean, it would, I mean, honestly, it would just be better for them to push the information as it happens because right. that way they don't have to be concerned about poll rates or any, or any of that information. If you're pushing it out UDP and you don't care if the other end actually receives that packet, that's a lot easier from the application standpoint. Right. Yeah. And so, and that's what I expressed to, to, to Jordan. And so he's, he's on it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see you if there's an update. And then as soon as it's out, as soon as I get the messages I need, you know, truth be known, as soon as it's out within a couple of hours, I'll have a new grid tracker out with that will support JSA call. All right. Sweet. You heard it here first. I think probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of already heard that in the, the mailing list. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> well, if you're on the mailing list, then I, I guess just, you didn't need to listen to all this. But. Just wanted to make sure everybody else who's not on the mailing list uh, knows that information that that's uh, soon to come. So that's really good news. What was the what was the hotkey for seeing all the hotkeys? F1. What? Excellent. <laughs> you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep all this information in the brain. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty daunting, isn't it? And I keep adding more. So, <laughs> <laughs> all 
are, are you updating, more of these. Are you updating the F1 when you add things? When I add new keys, yeah. If you notice, the I think the last one is B. Uh, toggle all grid overlay was the most recent one added. I should probably sort these alphabetically. Oh, speaking of sorting, uh, when you're looking at the callable roster, what is the sorting? Uh, by default, it's the age. Uh, but if you click any of the columns... Right. Hang on, we got to find yeah. Russ's phone. No. Okay, there we go. Wow, that's the first time that's happened. So. All right, so the sorting is age. By default, um, when you first open it, but if you click on any of the columns, it will sort by that column. And if okay. you click that column again, it'll reverse sort. Excellent. Just wanted to be clear on that because I knew it was sorted by something. <laughs> uh, but I don't actually have anything showing up on my callable roster right now, so I didn't know what it was sorted by. Okay, so defaults to age, but uh, click on a column header will sort by whatever you click on. That's right. So what happens when you click on the GT column? Does it just put the GT ones atop? Um, it's not sortable, actually. It's no <laughs> So all the columns except that one. And and spot uh, spot is not sortable. Um, and I think is it calling? Yeah, calling sortable. Uh, the flag is not. Nope, flag is. EQSL and LLTW are not sortable. Uh, the GT column is not sortable. Spot's not sort uh, right. sortable. So right. If you need them sortable, let me know. I'll make them sortable. <laughs> <laughs> if you really, really want them, <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't say things like that. You're just uh, yeah. you're making more work for yourself than you really need. <laughs> He's already authoring the change log as we speak. <laughs> it's like Jesus, log into his Discord. You can, you can see all of the changes he's making to the application while we're talking to you right now. So, so oh, I think there. one of the the next uh, major feature that I want to add, um, and then we talked earlier in the opening about logging and that ball of wax, that uh, uh, can of worms that Henry said I was opening myself up to by supporting logging, was uh, a new feature which will allow you to in initiate your own log entry. So you can yeah, right. pop up a dialogue, enter your fields for your, let's say you're working, you're using grid tracker and, and you just your radio. This allows you to log your QSO uh, from grid tracker. So like directly to an ADIF or something? Or? Directly to ADIF. It'll, you know, basically all of your logging facilities, I'll log to whatever you've logged to. All right. Fair enough. As, so that's that's something it's coming. I'm not sure it's going to be in the next release, but it's definitely a feature that's coming down the down the pike. All right. Well, I think I'm I'm like in brain overload. <laughs> I don't know if I told you grid checker. I mean, uh, call roster was going to be its own show, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, we did touch on a couple of other things, though, and I'm glad we got all of that stuff nailed down. And as we know, uh, Grid Tracker will be releasing new releases very soon. And of course, you're always making changes because you're you're just uh, a glutton for punishment. And I have uh, lots of coffee. And lots of coffee, right? <laughs> so we'll we'll send it over to the chat room real quick and see if anybody has any final questions they want to ask. But while we're waiting for any questions to come in that you can address, you can let everybody know once again. Um, uh, like where they can find help and information about the application and where they can download it from. Well, help and information can be found on Facebook at our group grid tracker. Um, you can find us on discord. Uh, you can find our discord link by visiting our website, which is where you can find the download for grid tracker as well, which is, uh, tag, uh, tag That's T A G L O O M I S.com. Um, 
or you can go to n0ttl.org.com or .net. Yeah, that's TTL. Tango yes. Tango Lima, not, yeah. not not Tango Tango Yankee, which uh, <laughs> my my fingers want to do no matter what I say. But. Or you can go to gridtracker.org. That will also take you here. All right. Fantastic. Uh, and you also have the Discord. Uh, do you have a permanent uh, invite link to the Discord posted anywhere or just? Uh, yeah, uh, under on our web web page on the right panel, there's contacts. We have an email address, a Twitter, a Facebook, and a Discord. If you click join us, it will open your uh, your Discord and take you right to us. Mm-hmm. All right. So, which, which, by the way, you're missing. I searched for it today. Uh, I'm missing what? A Discord link on your website. On our website, yes. Yes, you're right. We are. <laughs> <laughs> can you get on that? I can get on that. It will be there by tomorrow. <laughs> I just uh, go to that email link or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother emailing us with all the other spam. (laughs) Uh, You can get in touch with us any way you want. And all of the ways that you can get in touch with us are mentioned in the outro. So if we've forgotten anything, just listen to the outro. That's how you get in touch with us. All right. I don't see any uh, comments or questions in the chat room. So with that, unless you have something that we've missed or want to touch on before we wrap up, I think we're going to go on our merry way here. That's pretty much it. Thank you so much for having me again. Well, thank you once again for being here. And I, I think we've uh, covered most of the major topics. And of course, like you said, there's a Facebook group and a Discord and, and lots of other ways to get in touch with you if there's something we've uh, passed over. And uh, maybe in a little while, maybe six months or eight months or something, if there's some major changes to the application or uh, features that are available to it, we can touch on them again. Or, um, you know, we can just talk about it in a short topic segment about things that have changed in Grid Tracker. But I think between these two episodes, we've really um, gotten down to to everything it can do. I think so. I think we're there. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, well, thank you for writing this and putting it out there and uh, doing your due diligence and keeping it updated and trying to incorporate all of the feature requests that people are asking for because there's a lot of stuff out there i know for a fact that i've asked for two or three so (laughs) and i'm looking for that bar graph on power so with that i guess we're going to go ahead and wrap this up so thanks once again to uh tag and zero ttl for telling us all about grid tracker and uh, we'll definitely stay abreast of the project as it goes forward so if you're doing any kind of digital work particularly ft8 and soon jsa call you should definitely be in there It's going to make your life a whole lot easier. So with that, we're going to wrap up episode number 316 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We'll mention the folks that were in the chat room tonight. We had Don, KC9ZMY, Thor N7JCT, Ryan KC0QNB, Don KB2YSI, and Ted WA0EIR. Thanks for joining us. And everybody else who's listening but isn't in the IRC or Discord or hasn't at least uh, thrown their hand up. <laughs> and uh, we'll get on out of here. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Oh, that's right. We have feedback. Wow, this yeah. thing went on so long. I forgot about feedback. All right, fine. Somebody else talk about feedback. Cheryl, you do the first one. Okay. Our first email is from Steve, K0GUZ. It says, I use a version of Linux, Gallium, a fork of uh, Ubuntu, on my Chromebook, but I didn't know about your podcast until I found it while looking for information on Grid Tracker. Thanks very much for your latest extremely informative podcast. I'm looking forward to the next episode when you talk about the callable roster feature of this amazing program. 
73 steve k0guz all right steve well you got it (laughs) (laughs) merry christmas (laughs) you found us yep how about that and then we also have a email from gene bx8aad good friend of the show dear rush cheryl and bill the recent deep dive into grid tracker was tremendous I initially had no intention of trying Grid Tracker, but the interview revealed that it's quite a powerful accessory to WSJT. So I gave it a try and I'm quite pleased with it. I still need to spend time growing accustomed to it and becoming familiar with all its features. It may require a second listen to the deep dive after going through the available documentation. Thanks for the great episode, 73 Gene. BX8AAD. And of course, uh, you know, you have even more information to go through. In yeah, a second I've, been, podcast. I've been chatting with Gene <laughs> during the podcast. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's he doing up so early in the morning? Jeez. Oh, it's, he, they're 14 hours ahead of us in Taiwan. Oh, okay. so, so it's, yeah, so it's like 1145 there now. So nice. All right. Well, now we're down to the end of the program. Yes. So. <laughs> anyway, well, I, did this have, is... I did have one more question. Oh, though. go ahead. So, like, I know, like, in the past couple of years, we've taken breaks over the holiday season. Yes. Or do we have any breaks that we're taking over this holiday season that we need to announce? Wow, yes, we, we announced that. them. You, you were not oh. here. So. Oh, is it was at the early part? <laughs> it's at the early part. And I'll just say oh. it again. We might as well go ahead and do is it again. This is the yeah. announcements and feedback section. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well it, it came up at the beginning. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering. I was like, I, uh, they're pretty sure we didn't. We were like <laughs> mid-January before we came back. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, yes, next week's uh, 317 and 318 will be the short topic segments and uh 318 will be our round table. yeah it'll be the uh instead of the weekender it'll be the year ender and it will be a call in you know i.e connect to mumble round table where we'll just talk about food and drink and linux and probably grid tracker and probably some other things <laughs> and we'll just uh have a good old time next week and that will be the last episode until the 6th of january so awesome so everybody be here. Make sure you you can be here and talk with us. We'd love to talk to you. And with that, we will finally wrap up episode number 316 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 
Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.